And welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And this week we're talking about Haunted Mansion. It's a entertainment thing where you've got a seven and a half minute ride, which somehow manages to with stitch together bits and bobs of half-baked ideas. That manages to have a better plot than a 90-minute, 90, $90 million budget movie. I'm scared, Trek. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm adopting bits and bobs into my daily vocabulary now. There were bits and there were bobs. Yeah. I think I'm going to actually talk about the ride a bit tonight. There's, there is some conversation about the ride There's and rides from overseas. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we're I talking like about the Haunted rides. Mansion, the 2003 Eddie Murphy idea, and uh, the just-released Muppet Haunted Mansion, which came out like last week. Oh, nice. wait until we get to the writers of the original 2003 film. Something seriously went wrong. Yeah. Uh, And if you like rides from overseas, you might find some on Geek Life Radio, like at the Anime Trap House. I mean, guaranteed to find them at the Anime Trap House. But also maybe at the History of Bad Ideas, uh, you'll find us at 12 noon on Saturdays, HTML All the Things, and of course, Geek Life Radio's own Rad Dad Radio Hour, the Smorgasbord. Oi, 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 oi. Is that it? I think the dog spoke for all of us. (laughs) Kind of. That was good timing on uh, Dexter's part there in the background. Yeah, so if you'd uh, like to get in touch with us and give us a show idea, comment about Joel's bit, see if he give him suggestions. Uh, You can give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. You can also join the conversation on Discord by clicking the Join Us link in the show notes or the Get In Touch button that's on our Facebook page. I I do want to point out real quick that... uh, Giving him advice for for his little bit is stop it is advice. Just so I don't want to hey. that out there. What about his yeah. bobs? <laughs> and his bits. Yeah, his bit they want to talk about his bits, maybe his bobs. You never know. Maybe we should bob his bits. Ooh, wait. Uh, no. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Been there, done that. That sounded a lot better well, in my head. That's what Joel said. I love your sex movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, if you'd like, you can join us there. We had some good conversation. We're talking about uh, haunted hotels. A couple of our listeners, uh, Rivet and... um, Caper Girl. Caper Girl, yeah. They went to the closest thing Canada has to the Overlook Hotel, apparently. La Quinta Inn. (laughs) La Quinta, it means next to Denny's. (laughs) We'll leave the lights on for you. I'm the at scariest, the Motel 6, Shrek. The scariest Motel 6 we've ever... We you went... do understand that Eddie Murphy did more than Shrek, right? I just want to make sure you know that. <laughs> okay, I, it was not just me. I thought it was just me that was bothered by that. <laughs> what, that's like, the only the thing from Eddie Murphy that he knows? An, an amazing career. And we've done two shows. We've done two shows featuring him in the last year and a half. But it's all Shrek all the time. <laughs> Cue the Shrek. 
No, no. It's oh, bits and bobs. Oh, this is the line. This was the one that got you. Bits and bobs. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think it's about that time. It is about that time. This weekend, music, movies, and TV. You're damn giggling through that whole thing, Joel. And sports. <laughs> You spoke too soon. And I know, right? And that was that was actual giggling that see? It wasn't me doing it live. That was in, in the recording. It was Memorex. Yep. Yes. Alright, so this week we are going with November twenty sixth, two thousand and three, the release of Haunted Mansion. Which All seems right. kinda late to the party, honestly. Right. Ride's been around since the sixties. No, I was gonna say, why are we releasing a haunted house movie in November? Oh. Oh. Well, it was oh. also like the year of the Disney ride movies, because I'm pretty sure 2003 was also Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. And it the, it's a small world after all. <laughs> yes. They, they were slow rolling Jungle Cruise, though. Starring Danny DeVito. All right. So the top song in the land was Here Without You by Three Doors Down. Eh. Yep. Yep. That is definitely a song that happened in 2003. <laughs> Not a big Three Doors Down fan myself. Coming up next, Kryptonite, or whatever. Wasn't that their other song, Kryptonite? Was that, that Three Doors, Doors Down? Yeah. No, it? no. Yeah, that was Three Doors Down. Was it? Yep. Oh, wow. I mean, I they're no gods. I have Three Doors Down album because I want it from like a radio station. Uh-huh. Ah. Yeah, why would I own Three Doors, Down, Three Doors and Down and a perfect circle? <laughs> uh, birthday gift from Matthew? <laughs> Touche, sir. Yeah, I, I don't love them. I don't hate them. They're just they're 2003 post grunge hard rock. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. But I'm I I think I'm thinking of a different group. Honestly, like, what was the the? Please tell me you're not going to be throwing shade at Third Eye Blind. No, 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 no. Okay. I, like I was going to say because there's also a three in there, and they're also very no, 2003. No, that uh, uh shit, I can't remember that. Three Eleven. That's who I'm thinking of. Oh, uh, okay. They're inoffensive, Shrek. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? They are. Three doors down? They're kind of inoffensive. You know, safe mm-hmm. rock, as it were. Yeah. I'm expecting to hear them at your wedding. No. No. There will I be no three doors down. Get them in the that playlist down. with Joe Tree. Uh, <laughs> why are you doing this to me? Is there a DJ? Place? DJ's going to be, I'm putting a whole, a whole three doors down playlist. And Get I'm bringing God that Conan the Barbarian CD. <laughs> Good Lord. No one's going to be on the dance floor at all. Jay will. <laughs> Is that man having a seizure? No, no. He's from Wisconsin. <laughs> He's from Sheboygan. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. We they get a lot of that sausage dance. <laughs> we get a lot of that. That's later in the evening. Anyway, just dance around with sausage and fireworks <laughs> and porn <laughs> and dragons we, and daggers. We've gone awry. Yes, back on track. So, the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Jane's Addiction's lead guitarist, wet actress, Carmen Electra, at the St. Regis Hotel in Los Angeles on November 22nd. Uh, Did I forget his name? Red, I'd say that's going to be Dave Navarro. Yeah, that's funny. Wed actress, Carmen Electra. Wow. I was like, did I miss something? I'm like, no. probably. <laughs> as soon as you read it, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, I probably made a mistake. <laughs> nope, not that time. Imagine the words Dave Navarro in between guitarist and wed. Got it. I mean, yeah, it's technically grammatically correct. It just doesn't give the appropriate information. Right. Yeah, we're, we're missing the, the person, place, or thing. 
Okay, moving on. James Adaryl Tapp Jr., better known by his stage name Soldier Slim, was an American rapper and songwriter. Was? Yeah. Uh, he was best known for writing and performing the U.S. number one hit, Slow Motion. Tap died on November 26 after an assailant shot him four times, three in the face and one in the chest, on the front lawn of his home of his mother and stepfather. Slow Motion was Soldier Slim's first number one hit, and as the song was released after his death, he became only the sixth artist to have a posthumous number one song. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I, the only reason I know his name is because his hit was after he took three in the face. Yep. I remember that one. Kind of like Ginger Lynn Allen. Took three in the face. And, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, keep going. <laughs> I'm a porn star, Shrek. <laughs> And finally, on November 21st, Korn released their sixth studio album, Take a Look in the Mirror. It is the last album that features the original lineup of Korn. What a shame to lose all that. The original lineup, you mean? I'm just not a fan of Korn as a band. I'm not either, although there are a couple of their, like their radio hits, I think are actually pretty okay. Yeah, I I don't hate them, but I don't like actively seek out the music. Like, I remember you and I had pretty strong opinions on Corn when they first came out, and they were not, like, positive opinions. Yeah. But, like, the later stuff is okay. It's it's kind of one of those things where if you're in the right mind frame, it kind of fits in with, like, you know, Break Stuff by Limp Bizkit. You know, kind yeah, of that. and if you recall, I hate that song, too. Yes. Name not a big fan of having hates. people shout at me when I'm listening to music. Like, oh, I yeah. And that's... I hear someone sing. Like, we that's didn't start the fire. Like, uh, Three Doors like, Down. Anything, uh, new metal would be like corn, limp biscuit, Papa Roach, stained, POD. And I am not a fan of any of that. Lincoln Park. Yeah, Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park would probably be my favorite of the new metal. And anyway. new metal. Metal! So, serious question is it spelled like N E W or N U? It's spelled N U, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm not shocked. All right, with that, moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land somehow was Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> well, it was Eddie Murphy. You know, I'm like... Hey, bad movies are number one all the time. That's he just true. rolled off a Dr. Doolittle. No way this could be a loser. Right. And Robert Downey Jr. said, I'm going to one-up that Dr. Doolittle. Uh, Pluto Nash was 2002, so... Ooh. Ooh. Ah, that's still a surprise. I thought maybe that was after it, but no. Even after that, he still was number one. Yeah, Pluto Nash had, I think, maybe two moments that were decent, and the rest of it was just oh, you've actually seen hot it? garbage. Yeah, good God, I haven't even seen that. Yeah, I saw it because you know at the time I was a Randy Quaid fan and an Eddie Murphy fan and everything, and I liked the idea, the concept behind it. But I watched it and I was like, "Woo, this is this is horrid." It was straight Dookie water. <laughs> For sure. I've seen all of the Sharknados multiple times, and I've never watched that. Uh, well, that that is that is a thing. I'm I'm not exactly sure if you're the winner there. Ooh, move on to the next one. I'm excited about this. James Nash Sydow. Sydow. Sydow was an American actor best known for his role of Drayton the Cook Sawyer in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and its sequel, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. After marrying a fellow actress, they moved to Houston, Texas, where C. Dow continued acting, creating one of Houston's original community theaters. He directed Houston's first production of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. In 1971, C. Dow appeared in his first movie, The Wind Splitter, and then Red Alert and Hotwire. C. Dow died in Houston from emphysema complications on November 20th at the age of 83. Rest in peace, absorbed. 
So which one is he in uh, in Texas Chainsaw? He's the the patriarch. There's Grandpa's, you know, like the. He's the, not the one in the wheelchair. No, that's Grandpa. He's the next one in line. Okay. He's the the one that that's smacked the around Leatherface. Yeah, with the big okay. giant teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. Huh. Yeah, there's the hitchhiker, Leatherface, Grandpa, and and Drake, the cook, the cook. Yeah. What was the female name? Wasn't there a female too in the family? No. Oh, okay. Right. I thought nope. there was for some reason. I mean, Leatherface cross-dresses, but... No, no, I was, I was thinking there was a matriarch or something for some reason. I might not... just be thinking of that episode of X-Files with the woman in the, under the bed. And That's the original. Shit, man. Home? Yeah, the home episode? Yeah, home. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. What was how, the name of that you... song that played? Oh, you lost Damn. me there. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Yeah, I've yeah, well, seen uh... that episode in the last couple of years, too. I know what you're talking about. I can't mm-hmm. remember the song yeah, now. God, it was like a, it was like a, uh, it wasn't Wayne Newton, but it was like that type of song. It yeah, was like it was right, kind of like yeah. a crooner type of song. Yeah, definitely. I remember because one of the managers I work with at Trader Joe's, like every time that song would come on, he'd come into the office and be like, skip. I'm like, what is it with you in this song? He's like, have you ever seen the X-Files? I'm like, oh, he was so freaked out about that that he couldn't even listen to the song anymore. Uh, wonderful, it. wonderful by Johnny Mathis. Yep. Yeah, I was just looking yeah. it up, damn it. <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, actress Bridget Fonda married composer and former Oingo Boingo singer Danny Elfman in Los Angeles on November 29th. I was really hoping Danny Elfman was going to be omitted from that. <laughs> just a... <laughs> but a former Oingo Boingo singer. In Los Angeles on November 29th. I should have I gone down and deleted it. That would have been funny. Didn't even think about that. Uh... On November 27th, was sworn in as the governor of California. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) On November 27th, Arnold Schwarzenegger was sworn in as the governor of California. (laughs) That was a twofer. I left out Arnold. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're just going to speed through this tweet by just skipping words, right? Is that what we're doing now? No. 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 (laughs) So TV, the top shows in the land were... CSI, Crime Scene Investigation, American Idol, The Apprentice, and Friends. Starting to see a trend there. Yeah. Yep. And uh, also going on, the 4,000th episode of Wheel of Fortune since the 1982 pairing of host and hostess Pat Sajak and Vanna White was broadcast in syndication on November 20th, featuring a clip show of past moments. Okay, what uh-huh. I like about that fact is it took us this far down the twee, and this is something rare, where we find someone who's in the cast list of one of the things we watched, uh-huh. like, oh, yeah. this deep in the twee, and it's fucking Pat Sajak. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, the 2003 Victoria's Secret Fashion Show was mm. broadcast on CBS on November 19th. 9.4 million people tune in. Huh. Now, is this the one that they had um, Prodigy at? Oh, well, I don't shit, know if that was know. the first one or the second one. Because I know that I remember seeing the one where they had Prodigy on stage with the models, and they had to like walk past him every time. And you can tell every single girl walking past Prodigy was like, "Walk fast, walk fast, walk, walk fast, walk fast." <laughs> it's like they all hustled past him on the in and the out because they had him like in the background or something. Nobody wanted <laughs> they to had, do it. like they, they had to book all. a rock and roll singer that wasn't going to screw all the angels. <laughs> <laughs> no, that this uh, this year uh, they had like uh, Sting. Uh, Kylie Minogue. I'm pretty sure, and da- like Danny Elfman at the beginning. Yep, and Kylie Minogue screwed all the angels. <laughs> uh, Let us all take a moment to think about that, and we'll be back. <laughs> and Dave Navarro. 
<laughs> well, he was uh, single by the... Well, no, not at that point. As Justice that. Beaver. <laughs> so, and uh, Jerry so, Mathers as his brother, the Beaver. Celebrity Poker Showdown debuted on December 1st. Poker yeah, TV. this is about the time where, like, the average guy, like, who watched Rounders, hey, I could do that. This is about yep. the time that's peaking. In 2003 was the year that Moneymaker won the World Series, too. Yeah. I, I was and making that... a lot of money in poker <laughs> yeah, and around too. this time. 2004 was literally, not exaggerating, the last winning year of poker I had. How yeah. sad is that? 20, 21, or 17 years of losing in poker. Yeah, by by about two thousand six, two thousand seven, some of those uh, guys that used to be free money learned how to play. Yep, <laughs> nothing stopping you, Pat. Nope. I was like, this has got to turn around at some point. <laughs> I'm due. <laughs> two years ago, I gave up on that. <laughs> like, all right, I'm just done. Now I just play recreationally. All right. So the shows that ended this week were Dexter's Lab, Toonheads. Tarzan, Joe Millionaire, Just Shoot Me, Time Squad, and The Lion's Den. And Time nothing squad? of value was lost. Dude, Just Shoot Me is awesome. <clears throat> yeah, Just Shoot Me is a good show. Really? I, I have like not Just watched Shoot that. Me. That introduced me to Enrico Colantoni. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's and George less... George Siegel in... is just great and everything. Yeah, it's less interesting to you if you're not into, like, that style of humor. Like, if you didn't like Friends very much, but, like... I don't know. He's a funny, funny man. I think Super Dave Osborne was on it for a while. Yeah, he had a, he had a, a, a recurring cameo, basically. Yeah. Oh, I may I may actually want to watch that now because I mean, Super honestly, just you, is... it, you should watch it. You would enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's on HBO uh, Go or Max. Yeah, I used to watch it every week. I enjoyed it. I like that show. All right, and those of you that might be wondering where the acronym of the week is. Yeah, start, where is it? We start off sports with the acronym of the week, T-I-B. Oh, I know this one. It's tongue in butthole. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made you giggle earlier. <laughs> yes, especially leading off sports. Yeah, so tongue in butthole is the name given to the annual Alabama-Auburn college football game. That no, is totally sorry, that plausible. Is not... <laughs> <laughs> that is the iron ball. The Iron Bowl is the name given to the annual Alabama-Auburn college football game. The rivalry between the Auburn University Tigers and the University of Alabama Crimson Tide, both charter members of the Southeastern Conference, has been ongoing since 1893. The series is considered one of the most important football rivalries, rivalries in American sports. On November 21st of this week, running back Carnell Williams opened the game with an 80-yard touchdown run and finished with 204 rushing yards in Auburn's 28-23 victory over Alabama. Moving on, the President's Cup Golf Tournament finished November 23rd and the U.S. and international teams tied 17-17. After three tied playoff holes between Tiger Woods and Ernie Els, captains and players both decided that the cup would be shared this year. And lastly, Warren Spahn, American Baseball Hall of Fame pitcher, died at the age of 82 on November 24th. He was a 17-time MLB All-Star, a World Series champion and Cy Young Award winner in 1957, and led the National League in wins eight times during his career. Absolved. Warren Spahn is one of the one of the top 10 pitchers of all time as far as MLB records and, and stuff, and he's like very, very well-known among fans and aficionados of baseball. Huh. Yeah, one of the least known publicly, but but most revered pitchers. Yeah, I was gonna say I I don't know this guy. <clears throat> yeah, he he dominated for for over a decade, and that's gonna take us out. Play us off, keyboard, Joel. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs>
So in 2003, people said, the audiences love movies based off of Disney World attractions and rides. We should make more of them. I'm waiting so for the did. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride movie. Epcot Dude, I Center. Love, I love Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is crazy shit. That's why I said I'm waiting for that movie. Yeah. Concession Stand, the movie. Oh, man. I can't wait for them to do a 20,000 Leagues one. That'd be great. Bam. That was another one I liked, but uh, yeah. I, I think that one shut down even after my first trip to the parks. Yeah, that got closed quite a while ago. Yeah. It's a small world after all. That still stands, though. Everyone wants to dunk on that, but you know, I every time I sat through It's a Small World After All, I, I was I had a smile on my face throughout the entire ride. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's not a bad ride. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, but the movie? Uh, I <laughs> yeah, but right. the Haunted Mansion, Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean, the two that <laughs> came out in 2003, those are going to be, if you go to the parks, those are the highlights. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways, Space Mountain is up there, too, but that's a different kind of experience. Well, they kind of did that coaster. with Tomorrowland. Yep, yep. Kind of that movie bomb, too. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that one. So, uh, okay, so Haunted Mansion, 2003. Yeah. I found a better description of this movie from the fans. Well, fans are in quotes instead of uh, IMDb. But realtor workaholic Jim Evers and his wife, a business partner, Sarah, get get a call late one night from a mansion owner, Edward Gracie, who was looking to sell his property. Smelling the biggest deal of their career, Jim and Sarah and their two children pay a visit to the mansion located in a remote bayou. A torrential thunderstorm of mysterious origins strands the Evers and the family in the old mansion with the brooding eccentric Gracie, his mysterious butler Ramsley, and a variety of residents both seen and unseen. At first, Jim scoffs at Gracie's stories about ghosts and hauntings until he unearths the mystery of the mansion and finds that his wife Sarah has unexpected connections to its haunted past. Thank you, Anthony Piera, uh, for filling that one because the... Family goes to a house, winds up its haunted description that IMDb had was a little bit lacking. <laughs> so this is directed by Rob Minkoff, who did Lion King 2. And the this, Lion King, by the way. And the Lion King. Yep, the original. The, he did? Yep. I didn't see that on there. Maybe I was just tired. I don't even know. Uh, bla- something called Blazing Samurai that's coming out soon. That is going to be a cartooned version of Blazing Saddles is what we've been told. Blazing Saddles for the whole family. All Interesting. Right. And then Mr. Peabody and Sherman, which came out just a few years ago. So uh, not all knocking it out of the park, <laughs> but it sounds like this guy goes in fits and starts. Yeah. Yeah. I He's mean, got his bits and bobs. Exactly. Bits and bobs all over the place with Rob. Rob's bits and bobs. Ah. Come on down job. to Rob's bits and bobs. You need a bit. You need Bob. Rob's got it. I don't know where I went that. I like that. Uh, David Berenbaum has written this one. He also did Elf, Zoom, and the Spiderwick Chronicles. So decent yeah. uh, decent resume there. Elf's a classic now. Zoom, Zoom was pretty good. Is it? I don't remember that one. Zoom was like the uh, uh, the high school for superheroes. Oh, was, I thought that was Sky High. Yeah, it is Sky High. What the hell am I thinking of? Well, I mean, that might also be Zoom because I don't know Zoom. And Spider-Man Chronicles, I remember it, but I, I don't think I ever saw it. Oh, so you're thinking Sky High with um, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Zoom yeah. is Sky High with Tim Allen. Oh. Ooh. Except former superhero Jack is called back to work to transform an unlikely group of ragtag kids into superheroes at a private academy. I thought it was like a COVID movie. Like, Zoom. Ah. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Let's go, Let's go back to the oven so we can do it all night. Hey, you can make me feel right. Oh. All right. So 
I'm going to ignore you and move on to the cast. Okay. Eddie Murphy as Jim Evers, Terrence Stamp as Ramsley, the butler ghost, Nathaniel Parker as Master Edward Gracie, Marsha Thompson as Sarah Evers, Nathan whoop, uh, scroll, Jennifer Tilly as Madame Leosha, Leota. Leota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wallace Shawn as Ezra, the bumbling footman. We know him best from Princess Bride. Dina Spivey as Emma. Mark John Jeffries as Michael Evers, the arachnophobic spider hating son. Apparently, from what I read, he based that off of Ron Weasley. That's huh. interesting. Like, yeah, I mean, he hated spiders too. Uh, Ari Davis as Megan Evers, the daughter. Dapper Dans as the voices of the singing busts. Uh, Deep Roy and Jimmy, Jeremy Howard as and Clay Martinez as the hitchhiking ghost on the side of the road, and Corey Burton as the voice of the ghost host. Mama Sean, don't forget my dinner with Andre. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, I moved the info to the back of the back end of this now. So the makeup artist Rick Baker appears in the graveyard scene as a ghost behind the tombstone, uh, using an appearance based on the ghost host portrait that's seen actually in the ride at Disney World. Mm-hmm. It also includes uncredited Martin <clears throat> Kleba as Pickwick, one of the graveyard ghosts. And uh, he's unknown and only unnamed and only known as a happy ghost. And then director Rob Minkoff's nephew, who is the paper boy from the opening scene. Uh, a little bit of nepotism there, Rob. Yeah, because I'm sure I'm sure his nephew just launched into starhood after that. Uh, there are five hidden Mickeys in this movie. Uh, you know what hidden Mickeys are, right, Joel? They're illegal. What? Oh. No, no, they're not slipping them. No, no. you're talking type. about when you go to the club, Joel. Yeah. Have you really never heard of hidden Mickeys? Basically, yeah, sounds like he hasn't. Yeah, yeah, they they hide Mickey Mouse's silhouette in places all over the parks. It's one of the like uh, adult hobbyists. uh, One of the things they look for is like a scavenger hunt kind of thing, trying to figure out where the Imagineers hid the Mickey Mouse silhouette. And at least once in every movie. Yeah, sometimes they're like totally obvious, and sometimes it's like you can only see it if you're like standing on the balcony of another ride. Yeah, and some of them are temporary, like a famous hidden Mickey that I don't think is there anymore was actually in the Haunted Mansion where they had a stuffed Mickey Mouse uh, on the chair in Madame Leota's chamber, but you could only see it if you, like, sat up in your doom buggy because he he was positioned so the table was blocking him if you were sitting correctly. Oh, neat. Hmm. Yes, so there's the padlocks on the mansion gates have Mickey Mouse heads on them. The executioner's axe has a Mickey on them. Uh, third is when Ramsey pours the, po- the poison in the goblet. And there's two other ones, one on the couch in the library and the windows on the doors when he flees Madame Leota's chamber uh, with a music band chasing him. So uh, this is also the first film to air on the Disney Channel that had profanity outside of hell or dam, including huh. big ass termites. So there's some info for you. Uh, some other stuff on this one in July 2010. They announced that they were going to reboot this with Guillermo del Toro as writer and producer. Uh, he wanted it in a new new kind of setting. Uh, he revealed that the uh, the Hatbox Ghost was going to be the main villain character focus of this one, and that things were going to be scary and fun at the same time, but the scary is going to be scary. Which anything with Guillermo del Toro, Toro I'm like, you I'm, go. I'm intrigued, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in... <laughs> August 2012, Del Toro submitted the final draft of his script to Walt Disney. It was intended for a PG-13 rating. In 2013, Del Toro announced that he was no longer the project's director, but was going to remain as co-writer and producer. My guess is they got that script and were like, dude, what does this guy write? 
you know, uh, later on, DV Devicentitis. That sounds like something you'd have to get a shot for. DV Devincitus was hired to rewrite the script. In 2020, they announced that writer Kate Dippold was going to write an entirely new screenplay, and Dan Lin and Jonathan Elric would co-produce, because getting more people involved always turns out well for Always better. Always better. Uh, In July 2021... Love it. Details emerge with the premise focusing on a single mom named Gabby and her son buying the estate and hiring a tour guide, a psychic, a priest, and a historian to exercise the ghost. So they're planning on redoing this. Uh, September 1st, 2021, it was announced that not only were uh, <clears throat> Tiffany Haddish and Lake Steinfeld officially cast, but the production would begin next month under the working title Joyride. Shortly afterwards, they got Owen Wilson and Rosario Dawson. I got to say, that's a good cast. Lakeith Stanfield, I really like. Tiffany Haddish is good. Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson. So color me curious. Yeah. So this is another one of those things. But I'm holding to us doing Muppet Haunted House on this. For sure. Yeah. I wouldn't want to revisit this again next year, uh, (laughs) even though it's a more direct remake. Right. And everybody loves the Muppets. Yeah. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So talking about... uh, Rides overseas. Trivia on this one. Much of the movie's plot is inspired by the Phantom Manor. Uh, it's the version of the Haunted Mansion that's actually Disney Ra- Disneyland Paris, which was a surprise to everybody because nobody goes to Disneyland Paris. Mm-hmm. Unlike the Haunted Mansions in the other parks, Phantom Manor actually has a clear storyline of a bride, her lost lover, and her haunting the mansion. Yeah, and it's interesting. This is going to be our first real reference, besides my little bit at the beginning, about how the storylines are unclear. And that's actually one of the things that makes the Haunted Mansion a compelling ride for a lot of people. And one of the reasons that it's that way is because a lot of the popular elements either had to be reworked because Disney couldn't commit to one plot line or one story, like Walt himself couldn't commit to one storyline, or there were a few effects that didn't work correctly, including the famous Hatbox Ghost, who was only in the ride the week it opened and then returned in 2015. Uh, and then there were some effects that were completely finished, but they changed course midway through the development of the ride from it being a walkthrough to being in the doom buggies. And they were like, shit, this is an incredible effect that only works if you're walking through the room. Uh, there's no way to reset this illusion that takes seven minutes to play every time a car goes by. But we got to use this shit anyway. Uh, let's put it somewhere else, repurpose it for somewhere else in the ride. Hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I know a lot about this because this, this is, I don't know, as far as Disney stuff go, as much as I like Pirates, Haunted Mansion might be more my jam. Nice. It kind of makes sense, though, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, the chairs from the dining room, they took those out of the movie and then moved them to Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean at Disney World. Uh, the chair appears in a portrait of the updated attic belonging to one of the bride's murdered husbands. And both in the updated Disneyland and Magic Kingdom Pirates attractions, it's in the final treasure room that Jack Sparrow is sitting in. That's yeah. awesome. It's kind of huh. neat. Yeah, uh, I have originally, not been to the park since they uh, updated those rides. Yeah, and I haven't been in years, at least a decade. I've never been. Oh, you would dig it. Yeah, it's a different experience as like if you're just going as adults than if you're going either with kids or as a kid. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, originally, Don Knotts was cast as the groundskeeper seen at the entrance of the cemetery in the ride. While the character was cut as the script developed, both the groundskeeper and his faithful, fearful dog can be glimpsed among the ghosts populating the cemetery in the film. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Josh, I figured you'd dig this one. The couch that's in Gracie's study was the same couch that they used in the 1954 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That's cool. Yeah. Now, when you watch this and the singing bus popped up, did you go, one of those guys looks like, uh, looks Walt like Walt Disney? Disney? Yes. The one on okay. the far right. Right. One of the singing busts is a bust of Thurl Ravenscroft, according to the Haunted Mansion from Magic Kingdom to the Movies, written by Imagineer Jason Sorrell. He is often mistaken for Walt Disney. The bust of Ravenscroft is a tribute to the fact that he sang the voice of that bust in the theme park attraction. Another bust is that of Paul Fries, who narrates the Disney ride. And I Thurl love how Ravenscroft... often we're talking about Thurl Ravenscroft on this show. Like, I have always known who he was, but I think we've mentioned him now three times in the last year. Yeah, it was just in uh, we, The Grinch. We talked about him. We did Cinderella. He was involved. And now... Yeah, we know everybody, everybody 100% knows him as the guy who sings the Grinch song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, lastly, Madame Leota, the medium whose head is enclosed in her crystal ball, was named for Imagineer Leota Toombs, who worked on numerous Disneyland projects in the 1960s. Plus had a great last name, Toombs. Toombs. Probably no relation. No, probably not. Wait. Isn't that the name of uh, uh, Reanimator? No, uh, that's Herbert West. Herbert West, yeah. No, the actor's name. Jeffrey Combs? Oh, Combs. I thought it was Tombs. Sorry, never mind. No. Tombs Raider. <laughs> Combs <laughs> Raider. <laughs> Definitely All right, so is this a first viewing for any of us? Yes. 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 And the last. Yes. 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 So uh, <sighs> this starts off as, aside from Eddie Murphy mugging for the camera, actually not that bad. Like, they don't spend too much time, unlike uh, Doolittle, like, not getting to the point and focusing on his boring family. Mm -hmm. And the mansion itself looks badass. Oh, the mansion's gorgeous. Well, it's interesting, though, because the, with the name like the Haunted Mansion, you're expecting some elements of the Haunted Mansion, which you really don't get, like, the feel of the actual Haunted Mansion until about 40 minutes into the movie. That's but, true. I didn't realize that they were basing it more on the Disneyland Paris. So there's that, I guess. I don't know anything about that one. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I like it. Eddie Murphy was insufferable and his character was clearly the worst part of the movie for the first half, but I was still kind of into it. And then it just kind of falls apart in the third act. Like, it's very generic. Like uh -huh. there's nothing that stands out about the movie. Like everything feels by the numbers to me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. A hundred percent. This is, this is a, you've got the, the husband who works overtime all the time. You've got the exasperated wife. You've got the chicken shit son and you've got the daughter who's too sassy for her own good. And the, their dynamic is he works too much and she doesn't approve, doesn't work quite as well when they're supposed to be business partners. Mm -hmm. Right. Like right off the kick, that was like, that's, that's a weird dynamic for a couple who are in a real estate business together. Right. That he wants to work and make money and she's just like, nah. No. I know. It's like, I even asked Suzanne, I'm like, if I had just closed a house and walking out of the place where I closed it, somebody said, hey, could you sell our house for us? You know, just kind of like, this is my job. This is what we do. You know, this is, you you do this with me. Why would you not approve of this? 
hey, hey, that's I'm sorry the thing. I was late, but I made us another yeah. twenty grand. Right. That's the thing is, it's one thing if, in the context of your relationship, your job is interfering with the marriage. But when you have the same job, it's a weird way to write it. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. It just felt off to me. Well, not even it's the fact that she, it's not like. She does the same. They're partners. They both should be doing this. They both should be hustling if this right. is what they're doing. You know, and it seems like his conversation the whole time is like, oh, don't I earn enough money for you to have these fancy presents? I earn enough money for this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, what does she do? Right. Is she like yeah. the office admin? That's her position in the, the, the company that they own together? It very, yeah, it didn't make very sense. Very odd. Oh, yeah. She's the plot device. That's her job. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's a shame because I really like Marsha Thomason. Uh, she is not in a whole lot of stuff, but she's in a whole lot of stuff that I happen to have seen. Well, and you can't really fault the cast, but you look at this and you compare it to another film that you mentioned that came out around the same time. It was also Disney and a ride, Pirates of the Caribbean, where it even if you take it apart from the ride, that's just a fun movie where everybody's like on their A game and there's mm-hmm. a lot going on. This, you had a good cast, you had a really good set design and and uh costuming and everything but everything just was like a wet blanket like let's just put this over the top and just let it go let like it meldoe it's he's being insufferable but in a very eddie murphy family friendly way <laughs> eddie murphy eddie murphy um he's he's doing his thing and it's fine until about the time they announce the incredibly obvious twist that sarah is believed to be the uh, long-lost love of the master of the manor. Well, it's it's just another one of those movie tropes where, you know, the villain is after the woman because she looks like his former love. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's that cliché is where the movie turns from it's family-friendly and not great to this is just gone completely off the rails. Um, I liked the first scene with Madame Leota, and then they have her wisecracking from her crystal ball from about the middle of the film. Yeah. I mean, I will say she's one of the one of the only chuckles that this movie got out of me is when he's when he turns to her and goes, hold on. She goes, with what? That's pretty much the only time I, I exhaled briefly through my nose in this whole movie. Yeah, it, it seemed like such a waste because the manor itself and some of the creativity that went into the actual ghosts and the environments they're interacting in was made with love and care. And the script was just wet nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the script was poo. That's And that's, you can't, like you said, you can't really blame the actors. They've got to do what they need to do what they need to do with what they've been given. You know, you can't really say to her, you know, I wish you, you know, why, why can't you act better? And her response is going to be, well, why the hell don't I have a better script? What right. am I going to do with this? I mean, you've got Terrence Stamp for the love of God. Right? I mean, you can't do more with that. Child actors like Mark John Jeffries is, uh, he's not a huge name, but he's, he's a television actor. Well, and, and then you look at the, the people behind it. I mean, you've got the director of The Lion King, one of the biggest Disney movies ever. And it's slightly unnecessary sequel and some other good stuff. And they, you know, they couldn't, they're just, yeah, there just wasn't, I I, th- I really blamed a lot of it on the script. Uh, See, my guess is, because this was probably being made in tandem with Pirates, and Disney put 95% of their chips on Pirates. How much, how much support did they get with the Haunted Mansion? Which they, they hitched their wagon to the right horse. Uh, and I also felt like Eddie Murphy's portrayal, um, once he hit, like, being chased by the haunted instruments and stuff maybe even a little before that it was getting dangerously close to like 
the old stereotypes uh, back in the like 30s and 40s where the black actors were scared of ghosts and, you know, were very stereotypical, cliched, racially uh, inappropriate characters, like the way that they portrayed them. It was very dangerously close to that that to me. I was like, uh, that's kind of a bad choice playing it that way. Yeah, and I don't know if that was a case of him being kind of undirectable at that point. That's that's entirely possible that like he he decided his take on the character, maybe not considering that historical context. Yeah, we'll we'll message Eddie and next time he does this we'll <laughs> call you Joel and be like, <clears throat> well, what what do you think, Joel? What should I do? I'm insensitive, Shrek. That's not what he said. But that that's what I said. So, yeah, I mean I mean, there, there's a there's a lot of things from the ride that even if you've never gone on the ride, I think some people know you've got like the stretchy room, you've got the Madame Leota scene, you've got the bride with the beating heart in the attic. Purple wallpaper. Yeah, there's the big set pieces. And some of them were in this, but they decided to take, as Mike said, the version from Paris. Which is I mean, certainly I can see a choice. why they did that, though. <clears throat> yeah, because it actually has a story, and the <clears throat> other ones have a a crazy stitched together quilt of half baked stories. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, I I can totally understand why they did that. At the same time, it's you know, I don't know. Well, and I think the only time, and I mean, this is supposed to be to some effect a, a kind of a scary comedy family film. I think the only time, because Laura was watching it with me, the only time that there was any laughter in this was the part where the the uh, singing heads were singing their responses. Oh, I forgot about that. That was actually really good. That was yes. the only part that got a laugh. The singing heads were actually funny. I remember laughing at that. And I remember smiling, maybe even chuckling at the hitchhiking ghosts. What do you guys think about the <clears throat> drastic turn in theme when they went down into the catacombs with the zombies? That was a little intense. Uh, but, I mean, if you look at Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, you know, there was a lot of undead in that, but it was handled in a little slightly less terrifying way. Especially considering they'd established that most of the ghosts are just, like, doing fun stuff. It was yeah. a definite shift in tone. For yeah. sure. A hundred percent shift in tone. And, but I will say that the, it looked like all those zombies were, uh, practical effects. That sounds right. I mean, I, not that I'm like, got the perfect eye or the best setup to see this, but. Or really good the, CGI. Yeah. Really good CGI, especially for 2003. I mean, they put a lot of effort into that. And I heard one of the other things I read was they, in order to make that scene less scary, because it was my thing is like, you've got these <clears throat> parents that are bringing probably smaller kids to the movie to, oh, Haunted Mansion, it's got Eddie Murphy, it's a family film, it won't be that scary. And then you've got these zombies chasing after the daughter. Uh, they're, they're, thing of it's not as scary as you think because they had one mm -hmm. zombie who was walking with a cane you know as you and it was like that'll take the spell off of it <laughs> but no that's uh i i kind of was impressed with that one that that was that was a good switch and i had hoped that it would be like that way for the rat that point on no you know, sadly no yeah we got a lot of lame wet bananas i don't even know what that means a lot of lame wet bananas yeah in the tailpipe Tyler, there's, there's another Eddie Murphy reference for you. Banana in the tailpipe. That there was. You go. Yeah, like, yeah. There you go. Which Shrek was that in, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> it's Beverly Hills Cop Shrek. Wait. Beverly Hills Shrek? Ah. Nope. Nope. I didn't no. suggest that. No. No. No, I don't yeah. like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, other I know, than that. I'm trying to think of something else that's 
Master Gracie was dull and uninspired. Mm-hmm. I he's supposed to be sort of your lead, although I think Terrence Stamp was more the main villain. Gracie was kind of a uh he almost seemed bored by his own story. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, he was very uninspired. Um I, I I was unimpressed with the actor and the character. Yeah, Terrence Stamp I wasn't I I liked Terrence Stamp a lot in this one. I thought I thought for again for what he had what they what they gave him you know he gave it all he did a great great performance with that the story sucked you know it's yeah it's just a matter of again the writing of this did not give give him enough to work from you know you're the distressed husband whose wife killed herself on the wedding night you know but he's you're right he seemed kind of like oh well you know that sucks time to make the donuts. <laughs> I mean, I'll have more to say about this once we hit the Muppet Haunted Mansion. Uh, but I, this was a movie that after it came out, I was like, you know, I don't think I ever need to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... that was kind of my opinion on it. And this is another one of those where I feel very justified in my decision. <laughs> yeah, I could have gone into my deathbed and not been like, damn it, I should have watched Haunted Mansion. Right. Ooh, I mean, I will that. admit that I fell asleep during portions of this movie. And I don't feel like I needed to rewind when I woke up. I was like, nah, we'll just keep going. <laughs> Like, Probably so, Eddie like, Murphy. Yeah, I just, I mean, something. I just was not into it, obviously, because it put me to sleep. No, I agree yeah. with you. It was, it was like uh, I think Josh said by the, earlier. It's by the numbers, point A to point B. We're making this movie type of thing, and it was a lot of waste. I do think Terrence Stamp getting dragged to hell <laughs> by a flaming dragon was kind of extreme. Oh yeah, the fact that both hell and heaven existed in that uh, man mansion because they needed to end the movie somehow was a choice uh-huh i'd forgotten about that till you mentioned hell there at the end yeah that that's say the dragon pop and i think that falls in line with what you had said before about they don't know how they how to close it out well yeah and that's the thing is what makes the ride so compelling is that it is there are these little connections between different things going on that are not explained. And it's kind of a mishmash of all sorts of tropes around the idea of what a haunted mansion should be. You've got maybe a dead pirate and you've got uh, something in the Louisiana Bayou, like a plantation house. And you've got stuff from like classic ax murderer stories and a deceased bride. And it's fascinating because it's all, mishmashed into one thing and instead of doing that instead of telling a bunch of little stories that you kind of try to piece together in your imagination how they connect there's one story and it's not a very interesting one Mm -hmm. nope so do you think we've uh slapped this ghost down enough yeah i I can't really say much more about it i'm uh, definitely over it i don't really and eddie murphy got the ultimate prize he got to keep the house yes is that real? So uh, when we come back, we are going to talk about Wait, Muppet. He got to keep the house? In the movie. Oh. Yeah, he, he got the, the deed because ghosts carry around bank paperwork. That's signed. That's mm. just how that works. It's the rules. Yep. That is the rules. They were the best part of the movie.
All right, 2021, somebody said, you know what the world needs? Needs more Muppet TV specials. And they were right. Yep. So 2021, The Muppets Haunted Mansion came out probably by the time this releases, two weeks ago. Uh, based on, obviously, The Muppets and The Haunted Mansion, popped up on Disney+, Plus and was also one of Ed Asner's final works before he passed. I did not realize that. That's good trivia. Yeah. Rest in peace, man. Which, honestly, it's Ed Asner. Ed Asner. If you're going to go out, go out on a Muppet thing, you know. I think that's this. how I'm going to live the rest of my life. <laughs> Trying to go out on a Muppet thing? Yep, yep. Or being Ed Asner. Oh. Ooh. Is that an option? That was a, yeah, I didn't know that was a choice. <laughs> well, I used to try to be Abe Vigoda, but yeah, I don't know. Ed Asner, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want some fishums? That's <laughs> ah, we've come back around. All right, so this is directed by a one Kirk R. Thatcher, uh, who has also done the Muppet music videos of Bohemian Rhapsody, Jungle Boogie, and Kodachrome. Bohemian Rhapsody was so funny. Yeah, that that was kind of like the the video that brought attention back to the Muppets because that was everywhere that. when it came out. Sorry, Josh, were you saying something? Oh, I said I could see that. that yeah. I had nothing really oh. else to add. Okay, so also it has on his resume Muppets Now and Crank Yankers. You've got mail. <laughs> I'm going to see Airbud. Writing credits Kirk Arthatcher is deeply in tune in this. Now, he is, a, he is like a 100% Muppet guy. His whole career past Crank Yankers is 90%. Muppet Shorts, Muppet Specials, Muppet TV shows. So he is like the guy to be doing this. He's actually a Muppet. He is. Turns out in his deathbed, he turns out that he is a Muppet representation of Ed Asner. Oh. Yeah, he see? made some choices. Nice. So uh, this has got uh, writing credits go to Bill Beretta, who also did the teleplay and writing for Jack and the Beanstalk, the real story. He really needs to be like a cop show, though. Bill Beretta. You know, the thing is, though, he kind of looks like, um, God, who was married to Madonna for so long? Sean Penn. He looks like oh, a he does Sean kind of. Penn. Or if, if Sean Penn and Snow had a baby. And former Sonoma Saturday Okay. All right. I'm a rapper, Shrek. <laughs> so we also have Kelly Younger, who is known for uh, Muppets Now. That was his breaking into it. And Jim Lewis. Uh, who has done such things as Dog City, which I don't really recall. I vaguely hmm. remember Dog City. Yeah, it was, I think it was either a cartoon or a puppet like, dog cop show. Wait, is that what that is? Oh, oh I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's One Suburb Over from Cougar Town. <laughs> that was for you, Joel. Yeah, I appreciate it. Dog, yeah, Dog City was an adventure. It's a puppet show, and, and Rolf is in it, too. The Adventures oh, of a Canine Private Eye While He Confers with His Animator Who Has His Own Problems to Deal With. Starring Ron White, Peter Salad. Starring Ron White. Yeah, jeez. I don't know if it's that are, Ron are White. Seen, why have I not seen this? Seems pretty cool. Uh, but he did Dog City, Muppets Tonight, and Barney and Friends. I love you. You yep. love me. He's got a lot of Barney on his resume. I want to touch your pee-pee. I don't know what to do with that, Joel. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you made yourself giggle, didn't you? Yeah. All right, so live action cast. This stars Will Arnett as the ghost host in The Great MacGuffin. Yvette Nicole Brown as a hearse driver. Darren Chris as the caretaker. Uh, we've got 
Taraji P. Henson as Constance Hatchway, Kim Avreen as Maid, Quinn McPherson as a Hallway Knight, and John Stamos as himself. Ah, yeah. John Stamos, as he gets older, is slowly turning into Steve Carell. <laughs> I can see that. I mean, because for a brief, I, it was one of those things where it's like I was, I looked away from the screen for a little, like, all right, I got to take care of something over here. I came back and I'm like, have oh, mercy. Now Steve Carell's there. Like, apparently, he, he turned John Stamos to the profile. He turns into Steve Carell. Uh, some of the ghosts are Ed Asner as Claude, Jeanette Mai as Maud, Chrissy Metz as Harriet, Alfonso Ribeiro as Fred, Danny Trejo as Hewitt, Sashir Zamata as Mary. Oh, so I guess uh, uh, Rob Minkoff's uh, nephew didn't come back for a repeat role. No, he's got a hot deal with Barney and Friends right now. <laughs> He's going to prison. And the singing bus <laughs> were Sky Jackson, Gia, Jeff Knightley, Justina Mikado, Craig Robinson, and Hat Sajak. Such an odd bus. Yeah. I'd like to think they were all in the studio at the same time recording together, but they probably were not. Probably not, sadly. I don't know. I, I kind of kind of host, hope that they were. In my head, I hope they were. But COVID protocols, I doubt they were. No, especially if you can record it on your phone, just send it in. <laughs> All on Zoom. Yeah. All right. So the Muppets, Dave Goals does the Great Gonzo, Bunsen Honeydew, Waldorf, Bureau Guard, Randy Pig, and Chip and Pickwick the Chandelier Ghost. Uh-huh. So he's got a lot of lot of stuff under his belt. I don't remember a Chandelier Ghost. I think it was just a ghost flying around a chandelier. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah, it wasn't, he wasn't like a actually a dead chandelier that came back. No, oh, was that's a... what I was trying to remember. I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> an animated chandelier. No, it was a little ghost that had little arms, but like a really tiny like back part to the body, and it flew around the chandelier. And I'm going to make the lights dimmer now. <laughs> Alexa, lights dim. Uh, Bill Beretta from the writing credits does Pepe the King Prawn, Rolf the Dog, Dr. Teeth, Johnny Fiamma, Howard Tubman, Bobo the Bear, Big Mean Carl, Swedish Chef, Andy Pig, Bubba the Rat, Beautiful Day Monster, and Clean Gene the Behemoth. So he Clean is a Clean Oakland. He is a staple of of the Muppets. Then, obviously. yes, apparently, uh-huh. yeah. He writes and does the voices, which I think is awesome. Yep. You know, they're not just handing it off to somebody. Uh, Eric Jacobson does Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Sam the Eagle, and Animal. Matt Vogel uh, does Kermit the Frog, Floyd. Pops, Crazy Harry, Lou Zealand, Uncle Deadly, and Sweetums. I don't really care for his Kermit. No, I did not either. I've gotten used to it. He's been doing Kermit for a while. Yeah, and I just yeah. I, I, it just always feels off. Yeah, well, it does not feel right to me. We'll we'll get into the trivia a little bit about what happened with Kermit too. Hi, oh Kermit and the Frog what happened here. to Rizzo the Rat. Uh, Peter the Lynch, candle, not the rat. <laughs> as Walter, uh, Robin the Frog, Statler, Joe the Legal Weasel, which. That's the thing. I didn't know that one. And just random yeah, ghosts. He's the guy with, he was the, the priest, right? That was going to marry them? No, that was, uh, uh, that's Uncle Deadly. Oh, I can never remember his name yeah, for some the, reason. The legal weasel is dressed like a barrister. He's, he's almost a lower, I don't want to say lower fidelity, but he's not as articulated a, a puppet. Yeah, hmm. he's he almost speaks like, um, like Floyd. Oh, yeah. You know, that kind of slower talk oh he's him yeah and just the, the muppet isn't as well made uh, in some so he ways. speaks like bob dylan is what you're saying <laughs> yeah pretty much he's imagine if bob dylan was a weasel and a lawyer and a muppet and a muppet and there you go which is yeah, a I, sentence that's never been said was bob i dylan think a he's 
You think he's what? I, I think he started on Sesame Street, actually. Hmm. I'm not positive on that, but I, I, that's the first place I think I saw him. Was on I think Sesame Bob Street. Dylan started like in New York. The Legal Weasel? Oh, Jesus. Wait. Let's just move yeah. on. All right. Uh, David Rudman does Scooter, Janice, Beaker, Wayne, and the Squid Ghost, which I don't I do know. like Janice. Everybody likes Janice. Yep. And finally, Brian Henson as Sal Manila. It's a great name. It is. So early attempts to produce a Halloween special centered on the Muppets date back to the early 1990s. Following Jim Henson's death, his son Brian continued the franchise presence on television by releasing a series of holiday specials, with the first one tentatively centered around Halloween. However, they wound up canceling that, and they did Muppets Tonight instead. But in 2009, it was announced during a special at Walt Disney World that during the acquisition of the Muppets in 2004, they were going to do a Halloween special based on the franchise. And they said, 2010, we're going to do it. However, they did they the didn't. 2011 <laughs> movie and canceled it. Which is which is okay, because I, I, I really like the, the 2011 movie. That I, I did too. I enjoyed that one. If that's what I'm thinking. Was that the one with Walter? Oh, wait, that no. One? Was that later? Yeah, that was later. Was it? I think so. I don't know. Was it 10 years ago? Jesus. That easily could have been. I mean. Fucking we, time. We've been doing this show for almost eight years. Oh, so. shut up. Hold <laughs> on. I'm, I'm double checking. Yeah, that was a Jason Sudakis and wow. Amy Adams. Yeah. Wow. So then in 2021, a Muppets Halloween special based on a theme park attraction, the Haunted Mansion, was announced to be in development. August 2021, Kirk Thatcher revealed that he wrote and directed the special and shared a teaser for it. And then later that month, Jeff Knightley and Darren Chris were revealed to be part of the cast as Uncle Theodore and the Caretaker. And Kelly Younger was revealed as a co-writer. And they were announced the rest of it all through September. Ed Mitchell and Steve Morrill wrote the music for the special, which I thought the music was actually pretty good. Yeah, agreed. So they had the songs <laughs> Rest in Peace, Life Hereafter, and Tie the Knot Tango, as well as covers of King Harvest, Dancing in the Moonlight, and the trademark song Grim Grinning Ghosts. Dancing in the Moonlight, that was, hearing Dr. Teeth singing that at the very beginning of it just made yeah. me smile. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 100%. Okay. So All now right. the actual trivia. Yes. Okay. Remember I talked about the uh, Lady uh, Leota in the Globe? Mm-hmm. Earlier? So Imagineer Kim Irvine, who plays Kim, the haunted mansion maid, who directly interacts with Madame Pigota, the special one who cleans off her ball, is attached to the haunted mansion attraction. Her mother is Leota Toombs Thomas, the face of Madame Leota from the original, uh, oh, from the from the ride. That explains that little cameo. I was like, I don't think I know who that was. Right, okay. but here it goes even cooler. Eleanor Audley <clears throat> does her voice uh, from the Seance Circle, and does the voice of Little Leota at the end of the attraction. Irvine herself takes over her mother's role every Halloween and Christmas season during Haunted Mansion Holiday, where they combine the Nightmare Before Christmas into it. So she shares this role with Suzanne Blakesley, who does Madame Leota's voice chanting the 13 Days of Christmas. So the, that maid is actually the new voice of Madame Leota from hmm. where her mother did. Hmm. Right, because they retrofit the ride twice a year. Yeah. Hmm. That's so some thought, trivia right there. Isn't that cool? That's yeah. good trivia. Yeah, I like it. Uh, the address of the mansion is 924. Jim Henson was born on September 24th, 1936. Wow. Yeah. See, my mom was born. Yeah. Does she know Jim Henson? No. Oh. Do they hang out as babies? <laughs> Everybody in 64 did. In 36? 1936. Yeah, there's only 40 of us. Let's all put them in this. Anyway. Uh, 
All right. So uh, you remember in past Muppet productions, Gonzo and Rizzo were always saying Muppet Christmas Carol. It was Gonzo and Rizzo. Mm-hmm. This will be the first time Gonzo has been seen in a new partnership with Pepe the Prawn. The character of Rizzo the Rat was retired in 2018. Hmm. Steve Whitmire was fired by the Henson family amid controversy, as Whitmire had also voiced Kermit the Frog ever since Jim Henson had died in 1990. While characters like Rizzo, which were originated by Whitmire, were reduced or retired, the iconic part of Kermit the Frog was given to Matt Vogel, a longtime Muppeteer. Mm-hmm. And I looked into it because it says under controversy. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. He did That's what I was just looking up because I was wondering. Best I can figure, Steve Whitmire was a massive asshole. And it was just nobody wanted to get rid of, you know, they couldn't. They wanted to get rid of him. But the problem was they waited. They didn't get rid of him before they got bought by Disney. And I think even Brian Henson was like, shit, we're never going to get rid of him now. But they finally got enough. Like he was like harassing people. He was being a complete asshole to his co uh, his coworkers and his the other voice actors and all that. And they finally just were like, "Look, you're done. You're not living the Muppet dream. Get out of here!" <clears throat> right. Uh, also, Brian Henson, the son of Jim Henson, returns of, as Sal Manila, uh, the character that he had created for Muppets Tonight back in 1996, and has not performed since the Muppet Wizards of Oz in 2005 as he retired from puppeteering to focus on the business side of the Jim Henson company. Well, it's good to see he's back doing that. Yeah. He came out of retirement for this one. Pulled him back in. Yeah. Uh, One thing I said to Josh before you other two showed up, y'all other two watching this, you put the Miss Piggy nose on Kermit and he sounds just like Jay. For those of you who know Jay. I'm going to have to go back in and watch that. Yeah. Listeners, you don't know Jay, but Jay sounds just like Kermit the Frog wearing a Mr. Kermit the Frog. (laughs) If you want to know what our friend Jay sounds like, watch the the Halloween party. Or just meet Jay. Talking about sausages. Okay. So, you ready to get into this? Oh, yeah. Because this one, right off the kick, follows the ride that those of us who have been to the American parks are more familiar with. And I've been slow rolling my favorite piece of Haunted Mansion trivia until this segment of the show. Okay, so it's the 60s. And they're working on this attraction that Walt has an idea for, but he doesn't have a very clear vision. The Imagineers have set up the effects that they're working on in a very particular warehouse. And they've got all of the ghostly things they're workshopping in the warehouse. And they get a note from the cleaning staff that throughout the night, they'll turn stuff on and the ghosts will spook the uh, janitors. So they'd like them to leave the lights on so that won't happen anymore. The Imagineers get this and they comply. Only... They add a motion sensor, which is a technology that I didn't realize actually goes as far back as World War II. Holy shit. Really? They added a motion sensor so that when the janitors moved around, it would cut the lights and turn all of the ghosts on. That's (laughs) awesome. The next day, they found a broom in the middle of the warehouse with a note (laughs) saying that the janitors would not be returning. (laughs) Oops. I could see them getting the note and be like, what if we didn't do that? <laughs> they got the note and they're like, that's fair. We need to hire new janitors. We won't do that again. <laughs> wow. They should have done that with, uh, what's his name? Steve Whitmire. Put Steve Whitmire in there. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of him that way. I got to say right from the get-go, and this is probably showing my hand way too early, but in the 60-minute runtime of this, 
it was even a hundred times better than the hour and a half runtime of the 2003 film. Yeah, don't tip your hand though. Yep, I'm just tipping my hand right now, just laying them all out on the on the floor. I don't think that's going to be a controversial opinion. Yeah, no, probably not. I love the trick. No, this was this had me smiling. I, it's Disney Muppets, which is very different from Henson Muppets, in my opinion. I think the Henson Muppets, going back to when Jim was doing everything, were a little bit more. I don't say edgy, but a little bit more uncontrolled. There was a little more wink and nod humor for the adults. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is more observational commenting on the comment meta humor, where there's a lot more almost vaudeville in the classic Muppets. But there's still Muppets there. Like when Bunsen and Beaker show up as, you know, the two ghostly heads that turn and they're like, you know, this is all they could afford for us. So this is our cameo. Yeah. And that's it. Budgets. And that, that's a total Muppet kind of thing. Mm hmm. And there was so many good callbacks in this one. I mean, and, and again, I don't want it to be, I know I'm old. I, re, I love the old Muppet show, but I don't want the whole thing to be, remember the Muppet show and how awesome it was. There was just enough, like the whole ballroom scene. When, remember when the Muppet show, when they had the couples dancing and they did the puns yeah. and the one-liners to each other? They did that. It wasn't, didn't take up a whole bunch of time, but it was enough of it to go, we remember our roots. We remember where we came from. We still have that, still have that going on. And it made me smile, made me laugh. I I laughed out loud more times to this than I have in any of the Eddie Murphy movies that we've watched in the last year. That's fair. I don't know. Uh, there was the um, the um, oh my god, why can't I think of it? The uh, coming to America. Well, coming to America too, but also the the one I, with Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I am. Uh, he was in Coming to America. Wesley Snipes. Was. That's not what he's talking about. That's, That's not, not what he's talking, talking about. about. The, yeah. the kung fu, uh, yeah, black exploitation films. Joel. Yeah. Why can't I think of the name? Of it? I- I'm blanking on it right now too. Joel, why don't you know? Uh, we just did the show like a year. Ago. Uh, but sweet. anyway, anyway, we, we all know what we're talking about. That's that. I laughed at that too. So, I mean, Eddie Murphy has been incredibly hit or miss over the last uh, two decades. Let's say. Dolomite I mean, is was, my name. That's it. Dolomite is my name. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. a good one, but. You know, and I and like you know, Dreamgirls. He was great in that, but that wasn't exactly a comedy. But yeah, I mean, he he's very hit or miss in the last fifteen years or so. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I'll give I'll uh, give you a hundred percent that. I had laughed out loud four or five times before we got to the first song. This this really got me. Yeah, yeah. And Will Arnett is a perfect human to be playing with the Muppets. Yes. Yeah. Just like, oh, just like Joel has come was. around on him. Uh, I I uh I, I was not a Will Arnett fan. I, I'm still not like excited about Will Arnett. Like I won't seek him out. But what if what if Will Arnett right. was covering the Eagles? Then I would I would probably don't I would probably not like him again. Uh, I don't dislike him. I just don't. But I don't yeah. understand how you can have such love for Paul Rudd and and such meh for Will Arnett. They're not that different. No, they're really not. Uh, I'm not no. sure I can follow you on this one. They're just, they're not. I mean, you could interchange both of them in a lot of things and it would be very similar. I see Paul Rudd more as like a cooler Ben Affleck. What? Yeah. I see. And I don't agree with that. That's weird. I could see Paul Rudd in this, this uh, special though. And he would have been brilliant. For sure. Yeah. But, and I think Paul Rudd could have been Job. Not as, I don't don't think he would have done as good of a job, but I think he would have, could have done it. Yeah, I'd see Paul Rudd more as the uh, Justin Bateman character. I forgot his name all of a sudden. Oh, Mike, yeah. Michael. Michael? Yeah. What? Different Michael. Uh, we're uh, talking about Bluth. Yeah. Uh, 
about Arrested Development all of a sudden. So back to the Muppets, because that's what we're here for. Yes. Uh, yeah, I watched this with the kids and, and Laura, and uh, I mean, we all just were laughing. And it's just one of those things where you can sit down with everybody. And it doesn't matter if you've been watching the Muppets since you were a kid or, you know, it's the first time you've seen it. It's it's still enjoyable. And they perfectly tied together the ride. It gave you the sense of the ride, but also still did it from a Muppet perspective, which was really fun. Some little horror movie references that are kid-friendly. Adults would probably get them, especially near the end. Yeah, I I have no complaints about this. Uh, I know some people who... uh, Some people are annoyed by Pepe the King Prawn. I am not one of those people. He's not my favorite character. I like Pepe. I I do, too. I do, too. Pepe, Gonzo, and Fozzie are my, my trio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Fozzie uh, doing the hat ghost, like acknowledging the hatbox ghost's like role as almost mascot of the attraction, despite not being in it for most of the attraction's history. That's true. It was it was fun. You, I mean, you had Statler and Waldorf floating through there inside one of the um, the Doom buggies. <laughs> Still giving commentary. Yeah, doing the commentary, doing all that stuff. I mean, it it had enough. <clears throat> Had just the right amount of callbacks. Yeah, right enough. Yeah. right enough callbacks. I mean, the story was simple. Good. Yeah. I mean, but what do you expect? You, I mean, expecting from a Muppet thing, you're expecting a lot of wacky zaniness with a very lot light plot line threading everything together. And I just remember this: old Gonzo is friggin' terrifying. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it was another one of those things like, I'm got it on, on the screen, watch, work on stuff, look down for a second, look back. I'm like, oh my God, what is that? I mean, Gonzo, geez, it's a moisturizer or something before that happens to you, dude. <laughs> well, they even had Walter, which, you know, he's a, he's a new Muppet in the bigger picture. You know, granted he's 10 years old now, but Walter the whistling Muppet. Oh yeah. He was one of the, one of the husbands during the whole Pepe getting married thing, wasn't he? Uh, was he or was he uh, or was he one of the in the ballroom scene? I can't. I, thought was, I didn't notice scene. him, so I can't comment on it. It was a very. He was only on like for five minutes. I mean, he wasn't a big character, luckily, because hmm. he's kind of annoying. But no, dude, I don't Walter hate Walter. him. But Walter sucks. He's not the worst Muppet. I mean, if you can he's, have, he's fine. Yeah. Oh, and the skeleton. That skeleton what? cracked Ta-da. me up. What, what, what did he kept saying? He kept da, adding. Da, 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 <laughs> I thought we were doing a shave and haircut thing. Oh, we missed it, and this was the big one. <laughs> it just—it it felt like a you know, like the specials of old. Yeah, this is new. awkward because like we all loved it so much that it's in danger of just like you remember that time when yeah. the Muppets were awesome. No, and and I don't want to I don't want to fall into that, but. Dude, the Muppets are awesome. And they, they did a much better job in this version of making the ghosts look like the ghosts from the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than just trying to spooky them up. Even though they were Muppets, they still were portrayed as, yeah, as they were or are in the ride. Mm-hmm. And they even hit little, like they hit all the major beats where if like someone went on the ride once when they were a kid, they're going to remember the stretching room scene with the lights going out in the secret door. They're going to remember the attic with the bride, uh, going to remember grim grinning ghosts going out the window. That was one thing I was like, they even worked going out the window. in. <clears throat> well, and I've never been, but I watched a bunch of like, uh, 
uh, uh, you know, walkthroughs of the ride and history of the ride. So I knew about it. So when I watched it, I, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a blah, blah, whatever. And, and yeah, they, they did hit all the major beats for sure. Mm. Now I have Violent Femmes out the window stuck in my head. <laughs> now I want to figure out a way to get back to Disney. Like uh, Sarah's never been. So it'd that be would fun be a to fun go. group trip. Yeah. I'd, I'd I, like I've, to... I've been wanting to go. I haven't been since I was, I think, uh, 12. So I would love to go back. My kids have been wanting to go for a long time, but it's just never been something that was feasible. And I'd like to go. My uh, uh, One of Laura's best friends, her husband, is that's like his thing is the Haunted Mansion. And so I've seen so much about it because of him that now I'm I was curious. And then after doing this deep dive for this show, it feels like something I need to experience at some point in my life. I agree. You really, if if you can manage it at all, yeah. Okay, I've most yeah. of the, my Disney experience was uh, as a child, but I got to go once in high school and once as an adult. Yeah, I've been four times. Really? Wow. Yeah, we would go down there, and my we would always we wouldn't go to any resorts. We would stay on there, but we would go to Fort Wilderness, and we would stay in the uh, in the campgrounds. <laughs> Oh, so that, I mean, that'd save you money, I would think, wouldn't it? Quite yeah, and a bit. it's still a Disney property. I, I've stayed at Fort Wilderness. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, but it is pretty camping. cool. And, yeah, we, well, we brought it out there. We came out there in our VW bus and camped in that and the tent and. Oh, okay. So you were actually, uh, I, when we went to Fort <clears> Wilderness, <throat> we had one of their cabins, which are basically hotel rooms. <laughs> yeah, we, did, yeah, we didn't do the, that. That's the camping we, I like. Yeah, we did the camping with the, uh, with actual tents and all that. Oh, yeah, new. It was always kind of funny because, like, we'd get there and the the guards was like, "You got any animals with you?" I'm like, no, we don't have any dogs. I'll just be careful because even with the little ones, because my my brother and sister were tiny, we're going out there and they were talking about when you're walking back to your campsite, alligators will wait in the ditch on the side <laughs> of the road and like jump what? up and eat. Yes, that alligators will jump up and grab your dog and just take off when um like for a joyride. Yeah, they will ride the dog. Alligator riding a dog. <laughs> no, I meant the dog went for a joyride. Like, get on my back. Woo. Let's run. And then they drop them off in front of your your cabin or your tent. Ah, yeah. Like, very very friendly alligators. That will, Later. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> no, but the staying staying at the at Disney was great because the, the campsite, we would cook breakfast in the morning. Or the, what was the one thing I remember? Uh... Like we were out all day at Disney and money was kind of tight because we just spent all our money at the time going to Disney. And my mom was like, we will get something to eat when we get back to the campsite. And we got back at like 1030 at night. We, cause you have to take a boat from the yeah is it a boat. Yeah. You have to take the, the ferry from the kingdom over to the campsite. We got there and then we didn't feel like cooking anything, so we stopped off at that little camp store that they have, and they had like a package of of cold chicken that they had cooked for lunch, and they wrapped it up to sell it before the end of the day. We got two of those, literally nothing but gristle and bones left by the time we got to the campsite. Everybody was so freaking hungry. And then Susie and I went there for our uh, honeymoon. Oh, I ah. didn't know that. Yeah, we stayed at the Caribbean Resort Hotel. You didn't know that? Oh. I, didn't, I knew that. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, they have yeah. a picture of them with the, <clears throat> the fancy bunny or mouse ear hats for the newlyweds. Yeah, 
Do you remember at the? This sounds Mike, Mike the second, a, Do you still have it, or did they let you keep it? I, I can see it on the other side of the room right now. Yeah, the top hat with the ears on it. Yeah, Susie had the the Mickey Mouse she, ears with that was white with the veil, and I had the ones with the top hat, and we wore that, and everybody would stop and take our picture because, oh, you're newlyweds at Disney World. I mean, we were totally like, yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Don't act like you weren't just thinking that too. (laughs) Oh, no, 100%. I'm going to get back later and do my goofy. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Jesus, what the hell is wrong with us? What the hell is wrong with me? I don't know. You don't have the hat on. No, it's a good time. We did that. It was back when they had the uh, Indiana Jones um, action thing going on. Yeah. So how how much off uh, topic can we get? Off topic? I mean, I mean are we we're still on topic? fully capable of going way off topic. <laughs> way off topic. But yeah. we shouldn't. So thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, I think that's a good time for that. Let's do yeah, that. Yeah, I think we've reached that point in the show. Because yeah. as as Josh said earlier, we're in we're in danger of just going, remember that scene? That, that was, was pretty cool. cool. Now, remember that time that you uh, jumped out the window with uh, the prawn? That was awesome. <laughs> So Pat, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, pretty simple. Thumbs down for the for the Eddie Murphy version, and thumbs way up for the Muppets. Joel, uh, for 2003 Eddie Murphy, I didn't like it. Trick. It's a thumbs down, and for the 2021, I had definite thumbs up, 100. percent It's gonna be no surprises here. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm yep. all about it. Yeah, thumbs down for me. And the thing that's disappointing is they could have had so much more potential. Yes. Yes. And and after seeing what they did with pirates, there was no reason that they couldn't have done more with that. Right. And well, thumbs down, thumbs up for me also. Okay, so we are in perfect agreement on this one. Uh, if yep. you have your thoughts on Haunted Mansion, or maybe you know <clears throat> something about the ride we didn't mention, uh, let us know. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep, and uh, if you'd like to find our back catalog of shows, you can find it on your favorite podcast apps, such as Podbean or Pandora. We're also on Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. If you'd like to give us a review on any one of those platforms, we would totally love it. Also, if you'd like to support the show at all, you can click the Ko-fi link in the show notes and help us keep our internet and hosting costs at bay. Joel. Yo. What do we have coming up for the final week of Octobu? For the end of Octobu. Octobu. (laughs) Shut up. That month of spookiness. We are going to uh, find out that uh, I know what you did last summer with the original Kevin Williamson joint and the brand new series starting on Amazon Prime. First four episodes hit on the 15th. So this is brand new off the press, hot off the press. Nice. I've never seen off the press. I know what you did last summer. I've seen the first two, but not the third one. Turns out uh, we're a clean sweep for me, too. I somehow never watched it. I I don't know how that happens. Huh. Kind of crazy. But we will be back next week with memories of summer, so to speak. In the meantime, thank you for listening. We enjoy having you as listeners. Join us on uh, Discord. Some great chat there. Click that link. Get over there. Join us. Join. Join us. One of us. One of us. One of us. I'm so sorry. Uh, Hi, I'm Patrick. (laughs) I'm Fishums. (laughs) (laughs) 
Nice. Okay, that was more fun than <laughs> if he'd hit the right button. 